Ivy and the CIA, an interview with Tom Alamo. Hey, everybody, this is Tom. Please welcome Tom to Ivy and the CIA. Thanks for having me on. Um, so, yeah, this is Tom Alamo here. Uh, I'm excited to be joining you folks. So maybe just a little background on me. Um, I am out here in beautiful San Francisco. I'm Boston raised and uh, I'm really focused on uh, sales and personal development. So I've been in sales for uh, about six years now um, in software SaaS industry, uh, currently working at a company called Skilljar. And on the side, I've been running a blog and podcast around sales and millennial personal development for about three and a half years. So uh, I'm excited to talk about talk about everything and, and meet both of you. Tom, it is great to meet you. I'm Dan. Um, it, this is true of many of our guests, which is Ivy brings on the guest and I don't know anything about them. And I intentionally do not research them because unlike many podcasts, which do tons of research and are prepared to know everyone's bio and history. So they feel like they can go really deep. I like to get to know you as the listeners get to know you, right? So I'm learning as they're learning and I ask questions and Ivy will ask you questions so we can get to know you better. A couple of things right off the bat that uh, I can connect with one. My wife uh, was born in Boston, lived there till she was probably 10 years old. So okay. by adoption, while they were the best team in football, I was a Patriots fan. I don't know if you're a Patriots fan. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, now, since I've learned to love Tom Brady, I will now say that I uh, am excited about what, what he's doing right now at his age and everything in football, which is awesome. And then in sales, um, I'm definitely older than you or else you started later than me, but I've been doing sales for over 20 years in tons of industries and have had a very successful career and have a sales training. So I'm definitely interested in what you teach and what you know and what you do in sales. That's, that's of great interest to me. So I think there's a lot of good connection pieces. Um, just so our audience can be listening with a sense to what you might be able to do for them. What is it that a service outside of your regular job that you could provide somebody who as they're listening to you would say, Ooh, that's the person I want to reach out to and consider for that such a thing. What is that for you? Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I connect all the time, all week long, usually with people that are, you know, to the name of our, you know, millennial momentum and millennial sales are my blog and podcast name. So I connect a lot of times with people that are early in their career. They might be just dipping their toe into sales. And as you probably know, Dan, like, you know, um, there's so many people, millions and millions of people get into sales and there's no, there's not many courses on it in sales. There's not much um, training on it before you get into the workforce. People usually just kind of stumble into it out of college. I know I kind of stumbled into sales. And so I often like to help people, uh, you know, get their feet off the ground. And for me, you know, part of that can be tactics and making calls and things like that. But for me, it's, it's all between the ears. It's the mindset. It's the attitude that you have. I'm really, really interested in um, growth mindset, the psychology around that. So I could talk about that stuff all day long. So a lot of times I do talk to people just starting off their career on, you know, the mindset that it takes to be successful in sales or maybe even a lot of different fields and kind of geeking out on that and, and trying to figure out the best path for people. So if people are interested in that type of topic, I love talking about it. So when you say you love talking about it, is that in the capacity of being a coach to them, a consultant to them, or is it just meeting like-minded people like a networking thing? What is it for you? Yeah, it's both. I mean, I, I meet with people 
for free all the time. Uh, earlier this year, I did launch an ebook and started doing a little bit of coaching for folks um, where we'll go through, you know, I created an ebook that's about 60 pages long. That's bat, it's, it's all focused on how to thrive in your first year of sales and the basics around that, both tactically as well as like I'm saying around the mindset that you need in order to be successful. Uh, and so part of that is I get on coaching calls with people starting out their career and take an hour with them to understand what they're selling, what their mindset's like, what they're focused on, and try to help them to kick things off on a good path. Because I just think it's something that, like I said, we so many people get involved in it. There's not a lot of teaching on it early on, and it can be really a lucrative and fulfilling career. So I try to just pay it forward to the people that have helped me um, and help the next kind of class of people um, get into that and, and hopefully be successful. I'm in total agreement. I am definitely a huge advocate of sales and I think sales is a great career. And if people are hungry and want to make good money, it's in many ways, it's like start your own company or do sales because you can go into a great system or a company that already has great products or services, learn to sell what they sell. And then the skills you learn just to be able to sell anything, right? You can bring along with you the rest of your life. So it doesn't matter where you go from there. So I'm in total agreement with that. Um, this is a question that Ivy and I ask people when we coach them. So we like to start with this question because we think it's a great question to get to know you a little bit better, which is if I was a genie and could grant you one wish, um, what would be that wish? But I want to put some rules around it. And the rules are you can't wish for more wishes and you can't wish to become the wish giver, the genie themselves. This is more to understand a little bit about uh, something that you ultimately desire. Maybe you're going for it right now. And if you could like, you know, get it right now, it'd be amazing. Or maybe it's something you're like, eh, why even try That's The probability is too low or, but I'd love to have that. So what it would be that genie wish for you? God, that's such a great question. And I was thinking about that and it could go, a lot of different areas. Honestly, for me, it wouldn't be a thing as much as it would be maybe a, a, a skill set or, or something inside rather than, you know, a thing or money or something like that. Like, I wish that I had just the ultimate confidence, right? I wish I was confident in every situation I walked into with people. Um, you know, I'm naturally an introvert, even though I do put myself out there quite a bit, both in sales and, you know, in the podcast and conversations like this. But I feel like if I had more confidence and the people that are confident are able to really go for it, right? They're able to launch their own business more successfully. They're able to be themselves more authentically. They're able to take more chances. And so that's something that I've, been, I've worked on. I've talked with people about, um, but I just feel like if people know themselves, they believe in themselves, and then they put forth the effort, um, you can really accomplish amazing things. But I think you have to really believe it. And so for me, Honestly, I wish I was a little bit more confident. So there's a lot of studies about this. Um, I feel like I'm coaching people a lot on this topic. So one quick piece of advice for you and for anybody listening is I think confidence, uh, just like you said, a growth mindset, I'm sure that comes from Carol Dweck in the book, uh, Mindset, right? Uh, that's the belief that we can adopt anything. We're not fixed in, our, in the way we were born or any sort of like, you know, development. We can develop and change and grow forever. And I really think... Um, confidence is a muscle, right? It's a mental muscle that we can grow simply by doing. So the act of just, you know, they say, I like the term fake it till you become it, not fake it till you make it. So you want to be confident. Obviously you should believe it should line up like the belief about like, I'm confident because I'm good at that, or I'm confident because I have a lot of experience with that. But I think 
to get there, you have to start by being confident with something you don't have experience with or you're not good at, right? And then it's just the act of going in confident despite logic uh, and then continuing to do that over and over. I think anybody starts to build that confidence muscle where they start to enter any and everything confidently. And then there starts to be an alignment, right? Between reality and this thing that you keep telling yourself and this belief system you build up. And I think ultimately that's what it is. It's like you fake it. So you start to have the mindset despite reality. And eventually the mindset and reality start to align. And then that's real confidence, right? It's like true because you're like, no, it makes sense. I should be confident. I'm good at it. I have a lot of experience with it. And so that all aligns. And then it's kind of that upper momentum you build. So I'm sure you've heard versions of that before, but thought I'd provide that as like quick coaching. Well, I'm so, it's interesting because I'm so fascinated by stories of like, you know, someone like Muhammad Ali, right? That, that started off with not met much natural skill. He started boxing because I think someone stole his bike when he was a kid. And even as he was losing, he would keep calling himself the champ and he'd call himself the greatest until he ultimately believed it and worked so hard that he became that. And there's, you know, there's so many stories of that throughout history that I'm so interested in that. So, um, but to your point, I feel like the more you do something, the more experience you have, the more confident you get. But I just think sometimes about the time I might spend being anxious or being worried or being hesitant. It's like, if I was totally confident, I would just be going and doing those things better. I'd be more present and um, be more effective. So that's, that's something I've been working on. That is awesome. I totally agree with you. And one of the things I share with my clients around confidence is you take action in the face of resistance, not because you're not afraid or anxious, but that feeling doesn't go away. But when you do take the action, you'll realize that you can, you can do it and that you have the ability to achieve what you were trying to put your mind to. So I'm going to follow up with this question. If you had a time machine and could visit your younger self and offer advice, what would it be? I think it would be to, to not take things so seriously sometimes. I think um, when I think about a time machine, you know, and I'm 27 years old right now. So when I think about like going back in time, I think about like high school or middle school where uh, this is just probably very common, but I, I took things super seriously and, you know, took things personally. If, so, you know, there's a bully in school or things didn't go my way or, or things like that. And I think just like, you know, the thing that I look up to now is something that isn't really acknowledged much when you're growing up, which is like being yourself and doing unique things. It's like not all about being the best looking person or the football quarterback or whatever it might be. It's like, no, being intellectually curious and trying different things and being yourself, even if that's not the popular thing or the, you know, the typical thing. So um, for me, I wish um, that was ingrained earlier for me. Um, that and another thing is like reading and knowledge. Like I, I was the classic cliff notes person in school. I don't think I read a full book other than good night moon until after college. And now I read all the time and I'm a voracious reader. And it's one of the things that I love to do the most. And so um, I wish, you know, my mom tried for so many years, but I wish it got drilled into my head a little better back in the day that, you know, all the benefits that reading can have and just opening and expanding your mind to the possibilities out there. And that's an awesome segue into our next question. And I'm going to make this question something that would never happen, but just go with it, which would be you're sentenced to life in prison. So now you're stuck and uh, they're going to have to just give you one book 
one book for the rest of your sentence. So meaning you're living out your life sentence in jail and you just have one book that you get to literally you have to read it over and over if you're going to keep reading. What would be that book you'd bring with you to prison? And why is it that book out of all the books that you seemingly have read or have heard about? Yeah, for me, it's, it's hands down going to be Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And, um, you know, the, for people that aren't familiar, I think it should be required reading to be a human to read that book. Um, but Viktor Frankl, you know, talks about his personal firsthand experience during the Holocaust and in the concentration camps and that you know, he's able to, um, he talks about the difference between the people that were able to survive and the people that weren't and their mentality and how they treated things. And if I'm in such a grave position as to be sentenced to life, for example, um, I think I could use his wisdom uh, from someone that was going through just about as hard of a time as you could on this earth. Um, and I just think that the wisdom in that book, even though it's a, it's a small book, um, you can't overlook the wisdom in it. So I think that's something that I would read and would probably really help me out during a lot of dark times. What is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? It's hard for me to point to one specific moment. Um, but I feel like, you know, I was, I was in a time after college, right. Where, you know, during college, um, you know, you want to have fun and, you know, you're partying and all that stuff. And I found myself after college kind of continuing that trend, maybe a little bit too much as I got into my first job of going out four or five nights a week and partying and not taking myself very seriously and not really taking my future very seriously. And I just felt like I wasted so much time. I, I put a lot of time into the wrong people, doing the wrong things, things that weren't benefiting me. And, um, you know, another book actually is I, I read or I came across uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And it totally just like slapped me across the face of, of uh, you know, the possibilities that life could have and um, totally set me on this different course. I I you know, dedicated myself more to development. I ended up moving from across the country from Boston to San Francisco, where I still am. It's, you know, uh, I've left some people that were in my life. I've brought different people into my life, different opportunities. And so for me, it wasn't like, man, this one moment that I messed up, but I just saw myself kind of going down this path. And I am fortunate that it was that book and maybe a few decisions that kind of helped put me on a different direction. Amazing, because that is the book that also changed my life on my path to personal development. So, wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, and just, it is true, the possibility of the person you become, I mean, that's endless. And if you have that vision that in your head about who you want to become and what your life is, you can, you can really achieve it. Yeah, you know, I almost said that for, for the last question about uh, in prison for that book. I thought Man's Search for Meaning was maybe... I'm just kind of like picture myself in that, that dire of a situation, but actually thinking grow rich, I do reread that book every year around the holidays is just kind of like a, a gut check. I'm like, all right, let's make sure you're still kind of sticking to these things. And, you know, you kind of learn something new every time you open up a book like that, that has so much wisdom. So that's, that's amazing. I love that we share that. So you've been in sales, you said for eight years, is that correct? So post-college, it's been about six years, but I was doing some sales for Cutco uh, before that actually during college. Oh, great. So. That's a great place to learn. Um, so as you know, because you've, you've been in sales long enough to have seen this, um, and like you said, they don't really train you necessarily um, like in college, even if you major in business or you know marketing, um, you're not necessarily learning sales. You're learning sales usually through a company or through whoever you work for. Um, 
So what I tend to notice is that people are seeking out some sort of advice, right? Whether it be from a book or whether it be from a program or websites or blogs or whatever, go to seminars. Um, in your seeking knowledge in sales, have you heard something or come across something and then now you'd like to pass on to other people and go, hey, that's not good advice. Like that advice is not accurate um, because you want to protect them from going down a path of thinking, oh, that's a great thing and it's really not. Yeah, I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but you know, it, early on in my sales career, um, you know, it's typical to maybe watch a movie about sales. Like, you know, some of the older school ones are like Boiler Room. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street came out as I was graduating college in that same time frame, and so uh, you know, embarrassingly, it was like, oh, that would be cool to like be one of those people that's on the that sales floor and just slinging deals and trying to make a ton of money and wearing Rolexes and all that stuff. Um, when truthfully, that's probably the worst advice that's, that's so outdated and just such, it actually brings kind of shame upon the sales profession, which I think is, can be an amazing job when you do it the right way. And so it, the way to be successful in sales is not to try to cheat people or scam people or be the sleazy person that's, you know, making a, you know, lying on the phone. It's actually to give value to people. It's to listen more than you talk. It's about trying to offer up something that will be helpful to someone, you know, regardless of whether or not they're going to buy. So for me, I felt, you know, the more that I put people first, the customer, a prospect, um, even someone at my company, the better things turn out. It's kind of like sales karma that way. So uh, the worst advice is to go check out movies like that and think that's how life really is, or that's what's going to make you successful. It's only going to uh, lead to, it might, it might make you a few sales early on, and then it's going to lead to a lot of a lot of tough conversations. So I always have felt that the reverse of leading with the other person first has made me more successful in sales. I agree. I like to think of selling as leading people to the next step, leading them to their next action and serving them with integrity. That's awesome. What persons or people in your life that had the greatest impact on your life and why? I'd be remiss to not mention, you know, my family, in particular, my mom. Uh, so, you know, she was just always such a great example. She uh, was work, you know, worked so hard, she, working mother, uh, she's in marketing. And, um, you know, I just always remember as a kid, you know, going, you know, growing up and seeing her, uh, you know, working really hard uh, on the business and then also taking care of, you know, me and my sister. And, um, there's just so many images, you know, kind of baked into my head of her balancing that. And now as I'm, I'm an adult, I am starting to understand. I don't have kids yet. Um, so I, I probably don't understand to the full extent, but I, I start to kind of get an understanding of, man, how much work that was and how much effort that put. And really both of my parents always praised more on effort than results. So it wasn't, did you get an A? It wasn't, did you, were you the star of the team? Cause I, you know, I, I wasn't the star of the team. I wasn't an A student, but I worked really hard. And, uh, and I always worked hard at the sports I played. I was always kind of the grinder. I was the person that, you know, was, was put a lot of effort in on defense. And so that, that stuff was always rewarded. And I think that's played out well um, early on in my career that, you know, again, it's not about who's making the most money or being the top this or that, but just like do what you want, like what you feel passionate about and just work really hard and, and do the best that you can and treat people well along the way. So I think just a lot of family influence was, was crucial for me. So I connect a lot with that. My mom, 
um, used to always tell me, it's good to be right, but it's right to be good. And she, everyone says, I mean, she's still alive, but everyone would say like, she's a living saint. Like she's just such a good, genuine person. And I always wanted to like win an argument or be like right about stuff. And she'd be like, no, it's better to be like a good person than always try to win everything. I was very competitive. Um, but you talked a lot about the process, like more about like, like the things you do versus always having to win. So uh, Ivy and I are strong believers in that if you try to look at somebody's life in the current, in the present moment, that you would say, I could bet I could predict what are your habits? Like, what are the things you do? Because usually your current life is a reflection of your habits, right? The things you do most often. So if you look at your own life and you think about the things that you do as habits, what are some habits that you'd like to share that have been impactful for you and are, you know, are creating the life that you have right now? Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I, and some of that are things that I've learned from whether it's a book like Think and Grow Rich or, or others as I've kind of uh, continued on that path. The first thing that comes to mind is I get up early. Um, I wake up at, you know, 445 or five in the morning, um, pretty much every single workday. And for me, I'm a morning person naturally, but like that's my time where I get a lot of things done, whether it's I want to get a workout in, uh, whether if it's I want to, you know, I, I do a lot of work on the blog or the podcast before work. And those few hours before when normal, the normal workday starts is when I've been able to make up a lot of ground and be able to get a lot of things done um, that I may not have otherwise. So uh, I do go to bed earlier because of that. I don't, you know, binge a lot of Netflix because of that. I don't go out and party like I used to because of that. And so I think the habit of, of waking up early was one that really kind of stuck with me. Um, and then some of the ones I've been developing more recently, you know, and maybe this is interesting for, for your, both of your fields of work, but you know, I felt the cause or the effects of burnout before. And so I've worked a lot the last 12 to 18 months on developing a steadier, um, you know, practice of meditation, of journaling, of trying to take some time for myself. Um, and, and again, I try to do some of that in the morning and evening as kind of bookends to the day too. Um, that set you up for success. I, I think it's kind of like if you go into a, a sporting event, right? If you start, you know, I was a tennis player in college, like, and you watch a tennis match, Roger Federer doesn't just step on the court and start whacking serves. You know, he warms up, he's stretching up. The players are volleying back and forth for a while. I'm sure he's doing some work in the locker room to get ready. So I feel like that time in the morning to get, get your engine rolling and get things going before you just start chugging coffee and firing out emails has been really important for me to stay sharp throughout the day and, and perform my best. I, I agree with you 100%. I also wake up early and I have a morning routine, which Dan and I know I've been practicing for nearly two decades, and it is what sets me up for success. And because I do it every day, I'm, I'm very consistent with showing up and knowing that if you do show up and you put in your best effort, results will happen. But that process itself, you know, you evolve over time. So what advice can you give, your very best advice can you share with our audience about living your best life? For me, living my best life uh, means really trying to be myself. And I think, um, you know, I think we're kind of conditioned to follow down a certain path and try to blend in with the pack and don't stand out and follow the syllabus and do this. And this is how you're going to get an A or how you're going to fit in at school. And then when you graduate college, it's like, man, the whole world is open. You can do whatever you want. There's no more courses, um, you know, unless you go to grad school, of course, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's your path to create. So, 
the more I've gotten comfortable with myself and what I want to be and who I want to be, um, I've enjoyed life more. I've been more successful. Um, I've been able to attract people in my life that are more like-minded. But for a long time, you know, I felt like I was kind of living like two different, I had like two alter egos. Uh, and sometimes I still feel like that where um, I'm not always comfortable sharing my true colors because, you know, maybe I'm afraid of getting rejected or, um, you know, I don't want to be seen as too out there or something like that. But um, the more comfortable I've gotten with that, the more comfortable I've leaned into where, what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And, and try to do things that lead me to that um, have only benefited me um, in positive. So I would say if you want to live your best life, listen to what's, what's uh, you know, that whisper in your voice is telling you and, uh, and lean into that and, and go for it, whatever that might be. So the reason that we do this podcast is to give people access to people they may have never come across in life, never met. And um, we bring on a wide variety of people from different backgrounds and lives and different ages and experiences. And so uh, we really want to thank you for everything you shared today. For people who would like to connect with you, how would you like them to connect with you? Do you have a website? Is it social media? Would they email you? What's the best way? And what are the services specific that they would be reaching out to you for? Is it just a conversation or is it signing up for coaching? What is it exactly? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, there's definitely things, you know, you can obviously check out my ebook or, or do coaching or anything like that. I'd love to just have a conversation. Uh, one of my favorite things in life is to connect with like-minded people um, and have conversations and learn from them. And maybe I can share some wisdom if you have specific questions about anything we talked about. So the best way to reach out, uh, my name is uh, at Tommy Tahoe, uh, T-O-M-M-Y-T-A-H-O-E on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me, Tom Alamo, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm super accessible. I respond to pretty much any message that I get, uh, as long as it's not spam. So hit, hit me up. I'd love to have a conversation with anyone that's listening. Thank you so much, Tom. It has been a pleasure getting to know you and look forward to connecting again. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. This is a blast. To learn more about Ivy and the CIA, go to ivyandthecia.com. Dot com. To learn more about Dan Crum, go to dancrum.com.